the church. He wants to restore the fear of God to the church. He wants to remind us that there's no one like him. We don't worship any God. We worship the God. And I want you to open your hearts today that the Lord may speak to you. And I want you to open, open your heart as a person who's willing to obey the word of the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you and praise you. Come on, just pray right there where you stand. Thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Thank you for the brothers and the sisters, the faithful who gathered today. Thank you that your word is real. Your word is right. Your word is true. And we give you all the praise and all the glory today. Father, we pray that you would answer the question of the heart of your people. That you would open the heavens. That you would show us what it is we must do and should be doing. Thank you, Lord, for your word that directs us, that corrects us, that enlightens us. Thank you, Father, that today we receive hope and today we walk in faith. And today, Father, you change everything because of your presence. Thank you for the reset that's happening in our house today and in this church family. I praise you, Heavenly Father, for the progress. I thank you for the pathway you've set before us. And I thank you for your blessing that's on your word. Indeed today, Lord, let every hearer be blessed because of what they hear. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Amen. Come just give him praise and give him thanks today. I mean, really give him thanks out of your heart. Amen. Bless the, Lord. Bless the name of the Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord. Praise the name of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you to all of those, all of you that help us to worship. We appreciate it so much. And uh, amen. Say thank you to them. Amen. Um, if you haven't done it already, turn to the person who's near you and, uh, and not only hug them, but tell them who you are. You might be hugging somebody you don't know. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. It's great to see you. How are you doing? Um, we're in the process of reset and change and progress. Make sure you're in the middle of it. Amen. I'm so grateful for the season. And what God is doing is a wonderful thing. We, we thank God that um, we were able to take a break. And in California, it was wonderful. And I understand that the word of the Lord was rich and good by Elder Yul Crawford. Amen. And amen. Give the Lord praise for that. 
And uh, we want to go forward this morning and take another step. And I want to do something just a little bit different. I want to present to you the word of the Lord. But then I, afterward, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something that you rarely ever get to do. And you, you rarely ever get to say, uh, what did you mean when you said that? Isn't it amazing how pre preachers don't actually give room for questions? <clears throat> Amen. And sometimes I'm glad I didn't, but, <laughs> but I, I want to, because of, of the season and the nature of the message, I want to give you an opportunity to ask questions. And I don't mind feeling your questions as short as I can. If I can't give you the full answer, I'll let you know that. But uh, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Is that all right? And because of that, I want to abbreviate what we say today to give you some time to ask us. And if you don't mind, do you mind if I would come down there on the floor? Is that all right? Okay, so so I'm going to do it. I'm going back. Somebody help me with this podium, and that'll help me. If you put the podium on the floor, I'll come down where you are. Is that all right? Amen. So my wife, uh, my wife and I have been visiting our grandchildren in California, and uh, it was an amazing time. We had an opportunity to... <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we had an opportunity to visit Mosaic Church, which is really an awesome experience, and and the word of the Lord was rich there. It just seems that the Lord speaks to us wherever we go. He speaks to us. Amen. It was an amazing, 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 amazing time. Praise the Lord. Um, so I want to keep talking to you about this subject of first because it is major right now. The church around the world, particularly the United States, are having to make it decision to believe what's first do you believe that God will protect you or do you believe that the coronavirus is going to come and get you you know it's kind of an amazing thing I met a, I met a gentleman yesterday uh, we had a wedding yesterday and uh, I met a gentleman and I went to shake his hand he pulled his hand back and, oh no corona corona and I was thinking wow this is really getting to people look at your neighbor and says you ought to you ought to become the people of God so you can be protected from the virus <laughs> You cannot, you cannot go around. Somebody said, somebody said, uh, one of the ways that you protect yourself is don't shake hands. Well, you know that's ridiculous. Um, uh, uh, I, I would like to defy. I would like to defy the fear. And uh, um, I, I will put none, the Bible, that's what he says, I'll put none of these diseases on you. Would you turn and shake somebody's hand and say, hey. <laughs> just, just shake, find somebody, God bless your sister. Absolutely amazing. And you already hugged each other's neck, so, you know, it, 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 is, it is amazing. But you know, when you, when, you, when you really put God first, when you put him first, and when he is your sole protector, when he's the one that is your provider, he is your savior, and he promises to look out for you and protect you, you can't walk through life with fear in your heart. Man, God, people are going to work. I mean, you, do you realize that they've sold out? 
William, do you have any masks left? I, <laughs> I, I was checking out. Then there are no more masks at the stores. You can't get the mask at the stores. Like that's going to be enough to save you. Really? You really? Really? It's amazing. Yes, ma'am. Uh, uh, my sister said the mask don't work anyway. She works at what you were, my sister works at CDC, Center for Disease Control. I'm shaking your hand for real. I want you to know. You know, our president was in town, and, and uh, you were there. It was a panda morning where everybody liked this. You know? Oh, sorry. I was there with the president and the uh, Surgeon General and also um, our Secretary of Health and Human Resources um, Services. Um, so they were at, our, at my job. We were on lockdown. We couldn't leave. Um, so it was pretty cool, but they did talk a lot about the coronavirus, and there are some things that you should do, but, you know, we're, we're pretty blessed right now, I think. So maybe you should tell us some of the same things we should do. It sure it's Anita. Tell us what am I talking about? Okay, so washing with um, soap and water, it's as opposed to the hand sanitizers, is better. Um, hand sanitizers is great if that's all you have, but you should use soap and water. And just you know, they tell you to sneeze in your elbow or use tissue when you sneeze and cough, because that's how it's um, spread. But so far. We've, we've been pretty blessed as, as a race of people because none of us have gotten it. Amen. So, is anybody here that don't believe in soap and water? It dries your skin. Put lotion on after. Put lotion on after. When, you, when he is first, there's, you, I wanna, in fact, I want to talk to you. I want to show you in the scripture something about with God when he talks about protection but I, I want you to understand that when God is first in your life when he is the priority of your life with that come certain promises with God and he's not playing about that and in a world that's corrupt and falling to pieces it's God that upholds his people and, and not only upholds you but causes you to progress and to go forward but I want to share something with you, and, and I want to connect it to this first fruit season because it's important. Would you go to Exodus just for a moment? Exodus chapter 23. Now, this is important because God speaks to his people before he releases them from their bondage. And he says, this is what I'm going to do for you. God did not release the people of his, the children of Israel because they were good. He released them because they believed and they obeyed. The people of God, the principle is the same for the people of God today. And, and, and thank God he's not using your conduct as a means for his grace. Because if he did, all of us would be coughing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And those of us who love God and follow God, you need to hear the word of the Lord concerning this time, this season. We need to be like the sons of Issachar that searched the scripture so they would know what they ought to do. 
Never in time in history does the Lord leave you without help, without direction. But if you do not ask and you do not inquire, you'll live like such. What makes a distinction between us and the world is the understanding of his word and the connection of relationship that we have to him and to each other. Before God released Israel, he gave them certain clear and powerful promises. If I make that application to the New Testament, before God brings salvation to your life, he already makes declarations what he will do for you when you obey him. It's kind of interesting because some things you can't get until you say yes. Some things you don't get to walk in until you obey. Tell your brother, your sister that. Say, so when you obey, then promises become alive for you. Now, God will provide the promise before you ever obey, but you don't get to walk in it until you obey. And this is always the way it is with God. So look with me in Exodus chapter, look in Exodus chapter 23, verses 14 actually through 31 I'll try not to read it all God was saying here's the way I want you to here's the way I want you to live before me he's laying down the culture and the protocol of what the people of God what their lives should be like and he says to them three times a year this is very interesting three times a year you shall celebrate not cry not moan not complain this three times a year I want you to celebrate a feast unto me God if we would understand this would change our lives you shall observe it says the feast of the unleavened bread and for seven days you you are to eat unleavened bread as I commanded you and at the appointed time in the month of Abib and then he says for in it you for in that month you in it you came out of Egypt and none shall appear isn't this interesting underline that in your Bible none shall appear before me empty handed wow also, you shall observe the feast of, of the harvest of the first fruits of your labors from what you sow in the field. Let me, let me hopefully make this clear. They're not businessmen yet. They're, they don't have houses or uh, cities. They're coming out from bondage into what God desires for them. So God tells them what it's going to be like and how they are to maintain their life when they come out of slavery. If I could apply this, there are many people who live under the bondage of sin and they have no idea how good the life is that God has planned for them when they obey him. But when you, when sin is broken over your life and you're no longer a slave, you're no longer a slave to the, the arguments, the, the bad relationships, the, the, a life filled with substance abuse, a life filled in, in the lies, in the shady practice of deception. When all that, when you have repented from that, when you have walked away from that, there's a whole nother life that God wants to give you. But you have to be taught, what, how do I live my life? I woke up with it this morning. In fact, it was about 4.30 this morning. Lord, help me. I hadn't heard it in a while. 
But the Lord said, it's the same thing he said to Moses. He said, I want you to teach them the way they are to walk and the work they are to do. The way they are to walk, the people of God, the way they should walk. When the Bible talks about the way you walk, it's talking about your manner of life. How you walk and how you think. It's, it's actually a, a cultural statement. Somebody that had cameras on your life from the time you wake up to the time you lay down and taking pictures. Well, you can almost get this right now on Instagram right now. <laughs> you know, it's by the way, I don't get it. I still am trying to figure it out. Y'all, please help me. How is it that you can be one way in church and another way on Instagram? Would y'all please help, just ex would y'all please explain? Because I don't get it. Maybe because I'm I'm 70. You know, uh, I, because, but something in my brain is not clicking when I see you and then I look on your face. Facebook page or I look on your Instagram page I'm telling you, who, oh my God is that oh my God am I the only one that sees that when you, when you make a change in your walk with God it impacts your whole life God is the one that sets you free and also teaches us how to live once we are free we have to be taught and trained and that's what he was doing he was giving them a cultural setup for their success I want you to celebrate to me every time you have a harvest. That's why it was three times a year. When your harvest comes, whatever kind of harvest it is, every time, here's the way I want you to act when the harvest comes. First of all, I want you to celebrate. And you know what? Many of you have not celebrated enough for your, in, your, in your successes. You have not celebrated in your, in your achievements. Some, you know what? There ought to be a way that you can celebrate every time you get a paycheck. <laughs> Uh, maybe I should restate that. Some of us are celebrating, but we're not celebrating appropriately. God says, here's, how, here's the way I want you to, to live. When you are free, when you, when, when you come out of Egypt, this is what I want you to do. There are certain feasts and harvests I want you to practice before me. And I like it when he says three times a year because he's acknowledging the seasons of increase and the seasons of success. And one of the things the body of Christ has got to deal with is how, how do I, not how do you act when you're not successful. When you're not successful, you be praying to my God, help me, Jesus. And when money comes, I think I'm talking to the right people. When we get, when we get something, by the way, tap your neighbor and say, money will crucify you. It'll show you who you really are. Tell them your money will crucify you. Show you who you really are. See, we know something about you when you don't have money. When you don't have money, it, it reveals something about your life. Am I right? Your attitude, your walk, what you allow uh -huh, when you don't have money. When you do have money, by the way, when you do have money reveals more about you than when you don't because money is power. And when you express what you do with your power, it's a reflection of your attitude, your character, your state of life, your being. Yeah, amen. God said, now, you're going to get a harvest, and then three times a year, I want you to celebrate to me. I don't have time. I should do that sometime. Break that celebration open. It was amazing. Because they, not only had they experienced success they were acknowledging where the success came from 
indeed. And so for all of us, this application touches every single one of us. What you do with your money is, is a declaration of who you believe is your God. Because actually you can't have two, you only have one, either God or mammon. Mammon representing all that money can acquire. Jesus said there's only, you can't have, you can't serve two masters. You can only serve one. God who makes mammon possible or the mammon itself, either one you will serve. And you know what's amazing? Every single one of us are, are uh, <laughs> compelled to make that decision which one it will be. Here the Lord says, Israel, you're going to prosper. I've already promised it to prosper you. So I want you to celebrate unto me. It's kind of an interesting thing. Thing. Look at verse 17. It's kind of interesting, which is probably more of a controversial scripture right now because it says, all of you what? Are you looking at the same verse? Do, do we have this all right on the board, Ken? I did send it to you. What does what verse 17 say in your Bible? All your what? All your males. Excuse me. If you go behind the language into the Hebrew, it, 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 it's not ambiguous. It's a clear, clear distinction. And it ain't female. And God is not being prejudiced. But he is making a distinction between males and females. Forgive me right here, but I just heard this morning, this morning, I heard it about two hours ago, that they're making dolls that you can buy. Where can you buy the dolls, David? Target, where you can rip off, the, you can exchange the sexual parts. Excuse me, and, 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 and pardon me if that's too personal for some of you today, some of you, but you can rip it off, or you know, yeah, I ain't got one, I got one. On the dolls. So that your children have a choice. Your, yeah, your children have a choice to make the doll whatever sex they want. Have mercy, Jesus. Who told me that this morning? Was it Xavier? When you, <laughs> it was Xavier. I, I forget which one. It was, but I was shocked. Oh my God, they haven't gone that far. Why am I saying this? Because in the culture we live in right now, Lord, have there's never been more confusion. God is not confused. If there is any science, God knows it. I just want to note, I just want you to note that it says all males. Now, all of you females that are here today, this is not any rejection of you at all. God is, however, being distinct when he said, I want all the men. And if you go into scriptures, you'll see many times he will, he will be very clear which ones he's talking to, males or females. Now, excuse me, if there are no males and if there are no females, or if we can't tell the difference, then how in the world can the word of God make any sense? And I, I, I recognize that, you know, it is a, a devious thing 
for confusion to come to the brain of, the pers- of a person that does not, is not able to distinguish their sexuality between male and female. That confusion it has to be horrible. I'm not calling you horrible. And our culture is propping that up. And I just want you to know that God knows it. And tap your name and say, God knows exactly what you are. <laughs> and he is not confused. And I don't want the body of Christ to be confused because you are the body of Christ. And may I say to you that when the Bible says God made man male and female, he is very distinct. He's very clear, very exact in his description of creation. And he's not confused. I pray for you if you wrestle with this, that God would bring light to your heart and your life that the Lord would heal you because he's, he has plans, good plans for the use of the difference between male and female. And, and just so you hear it from me and all of you that are in live streaming today, God does not consider at all any male above a female and no female above a male. For his blood was shed for all of us. For all of us were in sin. And he saves us equally. But there is a distinction. Thank you, baby. This is my wife. And the reason why she's called my wife is because she is a female. This I know right well. (laughs) This I know in detail. (laughs) Which is none of your business, but this is what I know. (laughs) And we celebrate 50 years of marriage next December. Not next, this December. This December, yeah. Next one coming up. Now, I have no confusion about that. There's no confusion about that at all. And I just want, I would that the Lord would help the body of Christ to erase the cloud of confusion. Because when you start, when you start ripping off the parts of dolls and saying it's either or, it's like that guy, uh, there was a gentleman just, well, forgive me, I, I call him a gentleman because all of his appearance and genetics were male. But he emphatically wanted to declare that he was a female. And I felt, oh God, what, what has brought you to this? But I just don't want my children, my, my, my wife uh, uh, in California, and, and uh, you know, whenever she goes to the restroom, I don't want someone who, you feel me? As a male, I, I, my responsibility is to protect my wife and my children. And uh, I hope you can hear my compassion because if you tell me you're a male, but you have all the stuff that females have, 
then I'm going to be conflicted. And I don't want to disrespect anybody. But I do know that God knows the difference. And um, I'm, I fear we are in a lot of trouble. How did I get into this right now? I'm in a, I asked for all the males. Thank you. I've asked for all the males. Hey, all the M-A-L-E's. Thank you. Oh, my God. He asked for all the males. He asked for all the males to come and to bring the offering. The, the males were responsible. They, the, they were the chief responsible persons to worship God with, with what was produced. And God would speak to them. Because God has an order. Don't confuse God's order, God's priority, with his importance. Because God, every one of you, every one of us, are equally important to God. But God has a priority of function. When, when it comes time to nursing my baby, I don't have nothing and can't get no milk out of here. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So at that point, I said, baby, you take the baby. My wife said they got, now they got artificial mammary glands that you strap on the male. And you know, I don't know what all that's about. I don't, don't know what I, they, I bonded with all of my children and I didn't buy no artificial. You understand what I'm saying? How did I get into this? Get off of this. All right. All the males. All the males, three times a year, God held them responsible. And I don't, 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 don't be shook by this. It's a powerful thing that God does. And by the way, those males couldn't get it together without their females. Those women had to get it. And isn't that the way it is in most houses? The most organized, usually, not all the time, but most, most usually the, the women are the organizers. What can we do without our organizers? Look at your brothers. You'd be a mess. That's what you'd be. You'd be a mess. Are you guys still there? He said, then I want, what I want you to do, he says, look at verse 19. Uh, verse 18. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with unleavened bread, nor is the fat of my feast to remain overnight till morning. And then we had to consume this. But look at verse 19. You shall bring the choice first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. And look at verse 20. Behold, I'm going to send an angel. Check this out. How God thinks about what we give and what we offer him in the celebration of our success. He said, you know what? I'm going to send an angel to go before you and bring you to the land of the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and Canaanites and Hivites and Jebusites and, and I will and I will completely destroy them. You should not worship them. Don't worship their gods. Don't serve their gods. Don't do according to their deeds. But you shall utterly overthrow them. Break down their sacred pillars and, and, and their places of worship. Verse 22, 25 says, And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will remove sickness from you, from your midst. Check what else he says when, you, when we give appropriately of our success. There'll be no miscarrying or barrenness in the land. And I will fulfill the number of your days. Are you still there, saints? 
um, I could read more, but and instead of doing that, my, my daughter has informed me that I only have a few minutes, so let me give this to you real quick. I want to give you seven things that happen when you honor God with the first. Can I give that to you real quick? You can expect to participate when, when you honor God with the first, placing him as first in your life. Just like you think in a, on Monday morning, you got to get up and go to work and you schedule everything else around your life by the fact that you got to go to work. Right? We, I, I mean, I mean we, we got to have what we wear, how we going to drive, how we going to get there, what we going to do when we get there. Much of our lives are caught up in the way we make a living. And so we, nobody here is going to work for seven and 14 days and not expect a paycheck. Unless there's something wrong with you. If, 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 you, if you go to a job, you, you expect a, that there's a payday. How many of you expect a payday? How many of you want a bigger payday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I want to tell you that, that God, he thinks this is pretty important. And I just want to confirm that if you, if you, how many of you are married? Can I see the married hands? That's a lot of fun. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So how many of you married couples, both of you work? Both of you work. That's, you know, that's almost half. I want to tell you something. It's amazing. God is saying, here's what I want you to expect from me when you do what I instruct you to do. Can I give it to you right quick? All right, number one, God, God assigns protection over your life. Mm. Protection over your life as you do what you are doing to make a living. He assigns protection over your life. God is, he understands you. When you get up in the morning, how many of you have to get in a car and drive to work? and you drive at least 30 minutes to work. How many of you drive 30 minutes or more to work? Just me see your hands. Look at that. Look, just look, check that out. So that means you have an hour in the car every day, right? At least. And you drive on the freeways. Has anyone ever come close to an accident? Have you ever, can you imagine going to work being afraid every moment of what's going to happen to you? The Lord, if you make the application, Lord, so when you when you when you do what you do, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to protect you. You'll be a basket case trying to drive these crazy freeways, and and God doesn't expect that from you. He expects you to know that you're under protection because you're doing things God's way. Are you still there? He told Israel, "Say when you go when you when you are about my business." What I'm going to do, I'm going to make sure you're protected. And, he, and by the way, when he gives this, he gives it in the context of Israel's enemies. And make no mistake about it, you have enemies. The fact that you say that I will serve the Lord, you automatically call up enemies. If you say I am a male and I was born that way, you talk about enemies. You talk about enemies? then just have a, a male who has been involved in homosexual activity in his earlier life and have what we would call in Christendom a conversion. 
You want to have enemies? Tell people, I am no longer homosexual. Oh my God. If I ask for, if I ask you for, if I ask this audience for, for those that have been through that, I'm, I have no doubt you would raise your hands. Righteousness will reveal your enemies. Righteousness in any area will always bring up your enemies. God said, I will protect you because you belong to me. God knows there are those who do not like you because of who you profess and what you do and the level of righteousness in your life. He, he knows that. But he says, when you honor me, I'm going to protect you. Write that down. Keep it there. Let's go to number two so I won't spend more time there. God becomes an enemy to your enemies. Now, here's my prediction. And for those of you that are watching live streaming, that we are, the lines are being drawn, the battle lines are being drawn and the church is being beckoned by God to stand up and say, this is what we believe and this is what we do. We're not talking about being bigoted. We're not talking about hatred. We're not talking about ousting anybody. We're not talking about putting anybody down. The fact that you live a life that determines, that declares who God is will raise before you those who cannot stand the ground you walk on. And God does not expect you to respond in like kind. But he makes sure, he makes it clear that not only am I going to protect you, I will be an enemy to those who are your enemies. Now, excuse me, don't, don't let God be confused. Don't act like your enemy so God don't know what you want to protect. What, I, what am I trying to say to you? We are come, we have come now to a place in American history, in Christendom, where now the line is being drawn very clearly between those who believe and those who do not. And God is not asking the body of Christ to hate or dislike or disrespect in any manner those who do not. He's requiring us, however, to walk in righteousness. God says that it promised, I tell you what, you know what? I'm going to be, excuse me, if you have anything in your life, don't, don't get God as an enemy. Don't, 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 don't let God be your enemy. Because when, if God is your enemy, there is no hope for you. If God is against what you're doing, then you got, Captain Nancy, you got problems. Now, there's a lot of people who, who, who don't mind looking like, sounding like, even using, using the same language as the world because they don't want the world to be against them. But excuse me, in the New Testament, it, 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 it admonishes us that we, we do not need, we do not need God to be, we don't need to be an enemy of the cross. Now I'm going to tell you, when we honor God with 
our substance and we honor God with the fruit of our labor and we honor God with our creativity when we honor God with, with our righteous living with each other God says you know what not only am I for you I'm going to be an enemy to those that are your enemy that's why if you have a job right now and you're having being persecuted on your job right now don't chill take a chill pill and go to the one go to the one who can make the difference I got folk in this room right now can tell you right now once you obey God and once you're good to God God will take care of those who've been lambasting who've been putting you down who've been keeping you from promotion God knows how to turn that situation completely around You make sure you're on the right side. He told, I told you two weeks ago, Joshua, Joshua said, what side are you on when he approached the angel? Are you on our side or are you on the enemy's side? And the angel said, no. I ain't on none of y'all's side. You want to be on my side. You don't want God as an enemy. Tap your name and say, you don't want God. You don't want God as an enemy. How am I looking, baby? Are y'all you, still with me? So that's the second thing. God becomes an enemy to your enemies. Number three, God will prosper you. Look at your neighbor and say, don't listen to those who say that prosperity is not in the Bible. They lie. They're not looking. They can't read. Tap your neighbor and say, God will prosper you. John said, in John, he said, I pray that you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul God wants you to prosper. But excuse me, look up at me real quick. God does not want you to prosper for you. God wants you to prosper for him. So other people, your enemies, when they speak evil of you and you are doing really well, will come to the place where they realize, what are you doing? And, and then you have an opportunity to declare the greatness and the goodness and the awesomeness of your God. That's what that is. Hurry. Okay. So he says, look, God, how will he do that? Exodus 23, 25, and 26. But you shall serve the Lord your God you shall do what? And he will. And he will do what else? So, so this, 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 this is, we, the body of Christ now is having to live this out. So we, we're, we're, in, we're in L.A. We're in Beverly Hills at a restaurant. Ain't nobody praying. So what does my wife do? We're in the middle of everybody right there, all looking. You know, <laughs> she either grabbed my hand. That means pray. Our Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this food, and I, I bless it as you've instructed me for our bodies. And I'm praying, praying, praying. And the people just... So why do I pray over my, my food? That's why. You, did you read that scripture? Why do I pray over my food? Well, he, why do I pray? Well, just because he said, are you all breathing? I'm sorry. What, what does it say there? But, but do what? Do what? I will do what? Serve the Lord your God and he will do what? And I will. 
I want to say this because I don't want you running around. I don't want you running from Corona. Write this down, Psalms 91. Write down Psalms 91 and read it when you go home and for your devotion. And you'll understand. Don't, don't, don't do it. God knows what a plague is, knows how to protect you. Okay, he knows how to keep you. And all the people said amen. I'm almost done. Number four, God will take away sickness from your midst. We said that, right? He'll give you health. There shall be, and by the way, in Exodus 23, 25, and 26, I want, this becomes very sensitive for some, but I want, you, I, I, I want you to hear this. There shall be no miscarrying or barren in your land, and I will fulfill the days. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will, for, I will fulfill the number of your days. Are you breathing, saints? Because number five says God will give you long life. And when I say long, it's, it's li long life according to the days that God has assigned for you. Look at your neighbors. Are you have an assignment? You need to get your work done while your assignments, you need, to get, you, need your work, you need to get your work done and fulfill your assignment. Because you are not an accident, God. God has an assignment. He assigns days. There you go. And it's important that you know what your work is. You know, you hang around here. I'll talk to you about what your work is. And we'll, we'll do what God told us to do, that he equipped you to do the work of the ministry. We'll do that. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Uh, almost done, by the way. Uh, he, 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 I'm going to give you long life. I, I, like, I like long life because, of course, um, long, is, uh, long life is... Uh, you know, it's debatable what long is. And I know that's true because when I go back and see some of my friends that are our age, I just, I get scared. You know, I'm like, oh. Uh, I'm very thankful to, I'm very thankful to God. She and I walking around like two little kids down the streets of L.A. and watching the, you know, it's an amazing scene. And um, whenever we are in contact with those that we started with, it, and we look each other in the eye, we, we're, it makes us even the more grateful. We realize that we're not done. Our, our work is not finished yet. Yes. Look at your neighbor and say, neither is yours. <laughs> Putting God first is, is about acknowledging that you are not your own and that he has an assignment for you to complete. Live out the days. God didn't intend for your days to be evil. He didn't intend for your days to, to, for you to come to the end of your days uh, sorrowful for the way you lived, regretful for the opportunity you didn't take. God didn't intend for you to live your life in fear. So when he presents an opportunity before you, you won't take it because you're used to, you know, you're used to that little penance you've been getting every, every week, every two weeks. And God presents you another open idea and you reject it because, well, you know, you just kind of, God didn't intend for your life to be that way. He didn't want you to live your life woulda, shoulda, coulda. Who lied to you and told you that walking with Jesus was dull and boring and broke. Who lied to you? Is not in the scripture. Putting God first means that he puts you first. We'll, I'll talk with you more about that later. But yeah, long, 
He wants you to fill out all, fulfill all of your days. You still breathing there? Well, we're almost done. I can't believe we're almost done. Look at number six. Look at number six. God will bring. Now, this is something. This, I want you to get this. God, because he has an assignment for you, God brings you, God brings you conquest. He brings you increased harvest and inheritance. Because it's something God wants you to overcome and to do. It's something that God wants you to walk in. Put it back up there, Ken, so they can copy it down, okay? God brings you conquest. Because he wants you to overcome. In the New Testament, you're called overcomers. There are rewards for those of you who overcome who come over bad habits, trials, difficulties, enemies, and most of all, failures. God labels you as an overcomer. Wow. People that don't have anything to, con to, to conquer in their life are so boring and miserable. If the only thing you have to conquer is not burn your lips on the joint, you got a problem. I saw that picture in my mind. Somebody burn their lips trying to get the last ounce. Out. I wouldn't know that unless I had been there. There's something greater for you in life. Tell you that there's something greater for you in your life. Everybody has to overcome something. Tell your neighbor, everybody has to overcome something. That's what conquering is. That's what conquest is about. And that's what the Lord Jesus wants you to walk in. I want to tell you, you first begin to conquer by putting him above above all else and all others and making him the first priority in your life. Gonna give you conquest. What else is he gonna give you? There's a harvest that God wants to bring your way. There's an inheritance he wants you to walk in. That he prepared for you, that he paid for for you. Exodus chapter 23, verses 27 through 30. I will send my terror ahead of you. I love that. I'll send my terror ahead of you. I'm going to throw the enemy into confusion. I'm going to make all your enemies turn their backs on you. He told Israel, I tell you what, I'm going to be, so, be so awesome for you. I'm going to send hornets to get them. <laughs> you know, are you involved in anything that's righteous enough, that's holy enough, that God has to intervene for you? One of the biggest challenges we have right now is the body of Christ. We, we like those in David's day. Get the, get, get the man on the, play the music so I can quit. In David's day, they down in the trench. The enemy is, is cursing God. 
They're all hiding. They got spears and whatever weapons, but they all, they all down in the, in the pit hiding. Is there anything in your life worth, worth risking? You know you are absolutely miserable when the only thing in your life is to make it the next day. And some people are there. I want to speak to those people. Those of you who are living a life where just, I'm just trying, Lord, I'm just trying to make it to the next day. I want to tell you something. God wants to deliver you from that and put you in another plane of life. And that's why he, he, he is beckoning you to put him, make him first. Because I tell you, he has so much more for you than living from, from hour to hour, joint to joint, hit to hit, pill to pill, glass to glass, bottle to bottle, needle to needle. He wants to free you, give you another life because your life doesn't work very well without God. Our lives go to pieces without him. Don't you listen to the generation that tells you, you know, if you have God in your life, you have a crutch. Tell them, yeah, he's a, and a very good one. <laughs> a very good one. What's holding you up? What's holding you up? Bow your heads where you sit. I sense the presence of God in this place. Some of you have been walking with God for a while, but you still, you still act, you act like, you, you act like you have no help. You act like God is dead. You act like he's not, he won't hear your prayers. You act like God failed you. It sounds like what he had to say to Israel, it was their sins. It was their sins that had blocked the grace of God from working on. He has always, always, God, your father, has always been for you, even while you were against. He wants his, he wants first place. He wants, he wants his position back in your life. Did I get, I didn't give you number six? Have mercy, Jesus. Thank you for sharing. I was about to close this out. Wow. I don't know if I got time to do that. I, I won't do it. I'm going to give you, I'll list it for you and I'll do it later. Is that all right? Don't list it. I'll list it for you. I won't do it. I, I'm good. God will establish and secure your boundaries. The stuff God helps you to take, he'll help you keep. All right, we'll deal with that later. The Lord is, you know, God is more tired of your lifestyle than you are. And one reason why is because he knows what he purchased for you. God knows what he paid a price for you to live in and to look at his children and you're a parent. You, all of you have kids. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You can't stand it when your kids struggle. You can't stand it when your kids are miserable. But what do you think about God the Father? He has wanted so badly for you to taste the good things of God the grace and the mercy and the provision of your heavenly father and you think he's against you bow your heads I'm here to tell you today 
I'm here to voice to you today and for all of you that are with us on live streaming, God is not against you. He is for you. Well, how do I get him? How do I experience that? Got to put him first. You got to declare him as the chief, the ruler, the magistrate, the governor, the Lord, the leader, the ruler, the dominion, one who has dominion over your life. You're going to have to, you have to make that proclamation and then you got to follow him. And some of you have been walking with the Lord a while, but you got, you get discouraged and you don't get the, you're not, you're not, you see other people, you see people who are evil walking in all the things you desire. And then you blame God, but you've not looked to your own heart. You've not looked to your own life. This very day, choose not only who you will serve, but who will be first in your life. Above all things. That's why we worship God on the first day of the week. Because I want the rest of my week to be blessed. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, for your people. I pray for those who are watching online. They want you. They need you. But Lord, let grace come to them. May out of their own mouth, from their own heart, may they surrender their life to you. Give them the courage to invite you to come. Take over their house, their heart, their life. And be taught and be trained so that all the things you promised may flow to them. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the courage to admit you are right. I was wrong. For those that do, let there be a mighty grace. Let, there be, let the windows of heaven spring open. Let the floodgates of heaven begin to flow over them. May they experience you, your presence, your power, your might, your provision, your prosperity. May they begin to experience it because they obey you. And oh God, I thank you. They, we will give you all the praise and we'll give you all the credit and all the glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray and I ask God's people said amen.